0: Should Jesus go to his friends when his life is at stake? We'll see why Jesus feels compelled to act in today's Bible study podcast. Welcome to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm so glad to be with you this week. Today we'll continue onward into John chapter 11 as we cover verses 7 through 16. And as we approach our study, I'd like to ask you what compels our Lord Jesus to act and what should compel us to act. But before we get into our study, I'd like to ask you to please be in prayer for me. I I had a minor surgery this week on my toes, so I, I would really appreciate it if you could pray that it would heal properly and I'll be back to walking normal soon, so uh, thank you for that. And and I'd also like to ask if you would join with me in prayer as we intercede for our Christian brothers in China and around the world who are facing persecution. One of our listeners emailed me this week from China and and told me that his family is part of a house church which was recently raided by the Chinese government. Now two members of his family were arrested and, and they still have not heard from them for many weeks, and apparently this is not a rare occasion in China, as The Olympic Games are drawing near, and and the government is seeming to go after churches in an effort to clean up China. So, please be in prayer for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing persecution there, as well as those suffering around the world. Pray that they will have strength to stand up for the sake of Christ, and that they would be ready to serve, and we would be ready to serve them in any way possible. And with that said, please join me in prayer as we begin our study. Our Father... We've come to you for we know that you are the holy God, the only one that is truly just and righteous. And now, Lord, your your children are suffering around the world for your namesake, so we pray that you would strengthen them in your Holy Spirit and embolden them to share your gospel, even in their chains. We thank you for Jesus so that we do not suffer in vain, but rather we suffer in our efforts to help others see his saving grace. Lead us as we study your word today. And help us to understand why we should be compelled to act for your cause. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll be starting today in John chapter 11 at verse 7. So, if you're able, please turn with me in your Bibles as we start. I want to remind you that if you'd like to contact me for any reason at all, feel free to drop me an email at BibleStudyPodcastJustin at gmail.com. So as we approach verse 7 today, I'd like to briefly remind you that Jesus is now in the area across the Jordan, often known as Perea, which would be about 20 miles northeast of Jerusalem. I also want to remind you that Lazarus, a beloved friend of our Lord, is sick and is nearing death in the small town of Bethany, which is just a couple miles to the southeast of Jerusalem. With that in mind, we see in verse 7 that Jesus, after waiting two more days after hearing about Lazarus' sickness tells his disciples that it's time to go to Judea again. Now, verse 8 records the disciples' response to this statement as it reads, The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Now, I think it's a pretty legitimate question as we remember from chapter 10 that the Jews have literally attempted to stone Jesus many times now. The disciples are clearly concerned for their leader here. And and so naturally, when your leader and your friend is nearly killed in a certain area just days before, and then he wants to go back there, I would say you'd be a little bit hesitant. And (laughs) hesitant may be saying the least of it. But, But Jesus gives us a pretty interesting response, which I believe should teach us something about how we are to be as disciples of Christ. So let's read verses 9 and 10. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. Now while this might seem a a bit cryptic at first, what Jesus is telling us here is crucial. He uses the analogy of a day, something all of us would know about. And he asks the disciples, are there not twelve hours in the day? There's a time when it's light, and there's a time when it's dark. While that seems simple enough, the rest of these verses show why this is so essential. If someone walks in the daytime, he does not stumble. Why? Because he sees the light of this world. However, the counter is also true. Whoever walks in the night stumbles because the light is not in him. What is it that Jesus is getting at here? Well, remember that John has displayed many times throughout his gospel Instances where Jesus will equate light, or being in the light, as a synonym for being in God's will, or being with God. Remember in John 3, we are told that whoever practices truth comes to the light, so his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. That is, he who comes to Jesus, the true light, his deeds may be made righteous through Christ's work. And with that in mind, I think there are two things being said in this statement which are foundational for our walks with the Lord. First, Jesus is telling the disciples that he doesn't have to worry about whether the Jews will try to stone him again because he's doing the Father's will. He's doing what is right before God. I think this is important for us to hear. We don't have to worry about what is going on around us or what others seek to do to us. Our mission is to carry out the works of the Father and if we stay in his light, We will not stumble. In a very real sense, Jesus is showing his disciples here that your obligation is to do what the Father commands of you. If you do so, you will not stumble on your path, for you will see the light. Of course, the inverse is true as well. If you do not follow God's will and his ways, you will stumble, for his light is not in you. I I think this really should cause us to stop and think for a moment about how we're living, to evaluate if we are truly following what God has told us. Or if we're just working whenever and wherever we want. For the reality is that if we're not in the light, we're in the darkness. And that means we will stumble. But I think there's a second lesson that's clearly given in Jesus' response. And that is, there is only a set time for us to act. You see, he begins by asking the disciples, Are there not twelve hours in a day? See, there's a set time we're given. We must be diligent to do the works of the Father while it's still daytime. Back in John 9 verses 4, Jesus told us that we must work the works of him who sent us as long as it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. You know, the message is we are only given a certain amount of time here in which we may do the works of the Father. So we must be diligent to do our work while the light of day still remains. In fact, I believe it is these two lessons which should compel us to get active in the work of sharing the gospel and doing the works of the Father. We're called to be bearers of the light of Christ to the world. As we were told in Ephesians, we're not saved by our works. We don't do them out of compulsion. No, we're saved by grace through faith. But we are saved to good works, as we are told that we are now God's workmanship. We are His children. And as all good children, we should seek to follow the commands of our Father and to try to replicate His behavior toward others. We should seek to show mercy and to love others. We should seek to help the sick, the needy, the handicapped, those who are persecuted for faith. We should always be about sharing the gospel to those who don't know our great God. Our time is short. We must get at it. This is the motivation of our Lord here, and so he follows this lesson with the plan to put this into practice. As we read verse 11 where Jesus says, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go, so that I may awaken him out of sleep. Now the next few verses are are some of the most fascinating verses to give us insight as to how the disciples handled the teaching of our Lord. In verse 12, the disciples tell Jesus, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Their thoughts were regarding the present, and so naturally they respond by saying, well, hey, if he's sick and he's now asleep, that's a good thing. You know, sleep will help him. Maybe he'll get some rest so he can heal. And as gracefully as he could write it, John tells us in verse 13 and verse 14 what Jesus really meant. As he wrote, Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, sleeping is a common analogy for death in the scriptures, but This is not affirming an idea of soul sleep, as some of the cults have attempted to make the case. No, it's an analogy as to how we have fallen asleep to the problems of this world, to the sin of this world, and and the ways we are here, and we have awoken to the reality of eternal life with our Lord. But Jesus goes on to give the disciples somewhat of a purpose statement concerning this illness which led to death, and I believe a purpose statement for why we should be compelled to act. I'm glad, he says, for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe. And so let us go to him. You see, we're given the purpose for Lazarus' death here. The reason that Jesus weighed the extra days, as we saw last time, was so that God would be glorified. And as we see here, He is glorified by people coming to him and believing in his name. This is sickness was allowed, not caused, but allowed so that the Son of God may be glorified by many coming to believe in Him. And as we close today with verse 16, we're given a glimpse of the thoughts of one disciple, Thomas. And and I believe once we see this whole picture, we're given a wonderful lesson that we will close with. You see, Jesus has just explained to the disciples what it is that compels him to go to his friend, and then followed it up with the purpose of his friend's sickness. And while the disciples believe him and are willing to follow him, we're reminded here by the skeptic of the group, Thomas, that there is a very real risk involved in this action. In verse 16, Thomas tells the other disciples, Let us also go, so that we may die with him. We see in this reaction two things that I think are worthy of comment on our sake. First, we see Thomas's concern for his master. For the great teacher. We see that Thomas is well aware of the fact that this trip could. And by all accounts should. End in death for our Lord. There is a concern from the love he has for his master. But we also see the commitment he has made. He is willing to follow his master even to death. While he realizes that this trip may not turn out well. He loves Jesus enough to go through the struggle with him. And so through the somewhat darker lens of Thomas, we're able to see that the disciples, who may not fully understand everything Jesus tells them, are keenly aware of the landscape at this point, And they know that death is upon the horizon for their Lord. So we end with this touching comment from one of Jesus' disciples and a note of observation. And that note is, While we are called to act while there is still time, And we are called to follow in the ways of our Father and to replicate the life of Christ to the world. And while we are told that this will bring glory to God and will be the avenue by which others may believe in Jesus, we are made aware here that the road we walk, while it is in the light of Christ, is not always a safe road. It's a road that is potentially marked by suffering, even to the point of death. So as we close, I want to encourage you to evaluate, where are you at with our Lord? Are you walking in His light? And if you are, are you willing to face the pain that may accompany that walk? As was mentioned at the top of the podcast, our friends in China are painfully aware of this fact. And I want to pose that question to you. While we are compelled to serve, and we are guaranteed that it will bring glory to God's name, Are we ready to face that journey? Are you ready to face death? I pray you will think about this, and I'll be doing the same this week, and until we meet again, may God bless and keep you.
1: This lesson has been brought to you by biblestudypodcast.org, a para ministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right-hand side. You can make a tax-deductible donation from there. By doing so, you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who, just like yourself, desire to find answers and meaning in Scripture. We thank you for listening today, and we pray that the Lord blesses you and draws you closer to Him. Keep growing closer to Jesus
2: is the king because i of...